This is Uncovering Sports. Welcome to Uncovering Sports. I am Cactus Hamilton Barrett. The bad guy, Brendan Coleman, is on assignment tonight. So, if you were paying attention to the sports world this week, you probably heard what a catastrophe the build-up to UFC's most recent pay-per-view was. The pay-per-view, enticingly named 223, had started to unravel, and instead of trying to band-aid it, they went ahead with their scheduled plan to continue to derail the event via a shocking heel turn by one of their biggest stars, Conor McGregor. Now, McGregor has been a fan favorite since his debut several years ago, and has gone on to be the face of the UFC and its most bankable star. Ever since the UFC was purchased by WME IMG in July of 2016, there's been a gradual but noticeable shift in the booking. Although Dana White was retained as the promotion's head booker, it's become more and more apparent to me, at least, that he does not have complete creative control of the company. And the wild Conor McGregor heel turn makes this blatantly obvious, at least to me. I mean, alright, here's what happened in case you missed it. Conor and his posse, and he's always traveling with his posse, which is already kind of a heel thing to do, but they, you know, they, it's just what he does. It's what everyone in the UFC does, so it's not that big of a deal. Connor and his posse attacked a bus carrying UFC stars in Las Vegas. Yes, I said that right. He attacked a bus. He actually threw various items at it, uh, including, I think there was a folding chair, which is a classic choice, and a steel hand truck. The things that you move like big boxes and stuff around. He actually picked it up, hurled it at the bus, right through a window. So in addition to causing damage to the bus, he quote-unquote injured several members of the UFC roster who were on board. So now Connor's in trouble. And is a wild, crazy man, apparently. Going full insanity angle here. And the UFC's been known to do these worked shoots before. You know, we've seen press conferences and weigh-ins where, you know, a good share of brawls have broken out to hype matches. Because that, I mean, that's what the intent is. Whether it's just a weigh-in, a stare-down, or they decide they need to amp it up a little and have a good old throw-down, you know, in the middle of a, a press conference. They're no strangers to it. The UFC likes to do that. But didn't this one seem especially outlandish? I mean, the dude is fighting a bus. I get it. Connor's ready to take on all challengers. He fought Floyd Mayweather, but now he's fighting a bus? It's just ridiculous to me. And it's especially ridiculous to me because it intentionally sabotaged an already struggling card. Several of the people on the bus are now injured, can't fight, and they're finding, quote, last-minute replacements, right? All of this just to sell Conor McGregor as this wild, crazy heel. It's bold booking. I'll say that much. We'll see We'll see if it turns out. I'm surprised that they decide to take their number one star and turn him into a crazy heel. They even put him in the courtroom, you know, because he's got to face his actions. I just hope that they have thought about where they're going from here. Because they also, they unintentionally turned Khabib face. There is a Russian who is a face now in a fighting company. 
But I guess this is America in 2018. So are we really surprised? That is a disgusting act by Randy Moss. And it's unfortunate that we had that on our air live. That is disgusting. By in light of Connor's bold heel turn, I thought it was kind of fitting that we should take some time out and talk about the bad guys of sports, you know? The guys that you're happy to root against. The guys that you just can't stand. I'm talking about the heels. Heels are one of the key storytelling elements in sports, entertainment, everything, right? Every good guy needs a bad guy to go against, you know? Every player, even every fan base, needs to have an arch enemy on the other side, on the field, on the court, in the ring, wherever. And every sport's got him, you know? Boxing had Mike Tyson. Tennis has John McEnroe. MLB... NFL, full of them. So if we're talking about heels, I think that there's no better place to start than the NFL, because the NFL has been known for its heels over the years. And uh, while we could spend an entire episode profiling just NFL heels from the past, let's, let's stick to the present, shall we? One player immediately comes to mind, because he's been in the news recently, because he's just signed with a new team, the uh, LA Rams. But before that, he was... On the Miami Dolphins, and before that, he got a start with the Detroit Lions, and he is probably the dirtiest player in the game, Ndamukong Sue. And a little scrum breaks out after the play again. Necessary roughness. Defense number 90 for kicking. Number 90 is disqualified. Again, and throws it away. Ndamukong Sue is all over him, and he might have gotten a face mask. Let's take a look. Well, he gets stepped on right at the end of that play. I didn't catch that. Twice he gets yeah. stepped on. That's Sue. Cutler rolling and looking. After him is DeAndre Levy. He broke the tackle. What a run. And he got hit hard. Flag on the play. And Dominican Sue gave him a forearm to the back. Right to the back of his head is what it looked like. This, to me, did not look like a forearm as much as a two-hand shiver. He's at the bottom of that pile. A takedown there. Yeah, that's uh, there it is. I mean, first of all, as he's trying to get up, Dietrich Smith, he's pushing him with his with his hand on the helmet. Oh, absolutely. Gets inside of the helmet. Then he tries to take the head with him. You can't do that. The quarterback needs that. Nadamakinsu is about the most literal definition of a heel that you can have. He is literally stomping people with his heel to try to hurt them. I don't know if it's a low-light sheet or more of a rap sheet, because his list of victims is lengthy. I mean, he's attacked Jake DeLome, Matt Schaub, Jay Cutler, Aaron Rodgers. He certainly has a thing for quarterbacks, but he doesn't stop there. He stomped on Evan Dietrich Smith on Thanksgiving, a nationally televised game. He's, he doesn't even hide his heel tactics. He plays dirty. He's an unlikable guy. He's a guy that when your team is against him, you are happy to root against. And that is what, you know, being a heel is about sometimes. It's about generating that heat that gets the fans invested and want to watch. You know, they want to see Sue get ejected or see Sue, you know, get his comeuppance on the field. MLB's got their fair share of heels too. And... The first one that comes to mind should be no surprise to listeners of this show because we talk about him almost every week. That is 
the hothead, Bryce Harper. Well, Bryce is gone. You know that. The helmet, the bat, and Mike Winters tossed him immediately. One out, bottom of the 10th. Harper guides one right side. Carlos Lee for one. And close and out at first. And Bryce Harper slams his helmet to the ground. And C.B. Buckner throws him out of the game. Good pitch. Bryce didn't think he swung. And Hirschbeck's walking toward him, eyeing Bryce Harper. Interesting. Bryce didn't think he swung, and now he's been thrown out of the game. Bryce Harper is not happy, and he's gone. Bryce Harper, it appears, has been It's tossed. something about getting in the box. This is about getting in the batter's box. He told Bryce to get in the batter's box, and he didn't, and he threw him out. Struck out a couple of times today, and he tried to break the bat over his leg, and... Whoa! History. And Bryce Harper wants a piece of Hunter Strickland. Here they go! Strickland lands a punch. Harper lands a punch. Bench is empty. When Bryce Harper showed up, he announced that he was going to make baseball fun again. Like it's not fun for baseball fans already. But that's what a heel does. He'll always have his own skewed personal agenda. And how a heel goes about achieving those goals is what really makes the fans hate them. For Harper, bringing the fun back means yelling at umpires and throwing his equipment, attacking other players, including teammates on occasion, and regularly being ejected. He just gets thrown out of games. While Ndamukong Sue and his ilk generate heat with on-field tactics, guys like Bryce Harper generate massive heat with their attitudes, and in Harper's case, his very unbaseball-like demeanor. But because fans hate him, they also can't get enough of him, which is why Bryce Harper is one of the biggest names in baseball. From what I know, I expect that Harper is going to be moved in the offseason, probably to another superstar-laden team, so there's some direct friction between him and a fan favorite. That's what they've been building up to, and I don't expect the MLB to deviate from that plan. So how do you make a guy a heel? They can cheat. They can be overtly obnoxious. Screw over their teammates. All kinds of things. What about a guy like Conor McGregor, though, who goes from being a massive face to now a big heel? How do you make that kind of swerve happen? You can use the same kinds of things to generate a guy heat, have him start cheating, or, you know, pop him for steroids, looking at John Jones and guys like that. Or, the single most effective way, you make him turn on the fans. The answer to the question everybody wants to know. LeBron, what's your decision? Um, in this fall, I'm going to take my talents to South Beach and um, join the Miami Heat. Miami Heat. Why? It's going to give me the best opportunity to, to win. Um, I want to be able to win championships, and I feel like I can compete down there. One of the biggest heel turns in modern sports history. Hometown hero LeBron James turns his back on the city of Cleveland and all of the fans that supported him to this point, and he goes to Miami because that's where he can actually win championships. Spits in the fans' faces, turns his back on him, walks away. He didn't need to attack a bus. He didn't need to go crazy. He didn't need to cheat. 
He didn't need to become a terrible human being. He just had to say, screw you, Cleveland. I can't win here. You're not good enough for me. It's marvelous. It's genius. It's textbook. That's how you turn a guy heel. And LeBron, of course, is a great arc because he goes on to return to the Cavaliers, and we've seen how that's gone over the last several seasons as the Cavaliers have been constantly in the spotlight now that King James has returned. So you can use that heel turn to elevate a star even further so that when they come back around to the good side, it's even bigger, even better. All right, let's switch gears because we're only a couple of weeks away from April 25th, so I think it's time to book the XFL. Last week on Book the XFL, we added the Bronx Blockbusters, the sixth team to our Book the XFL draft on April 25th, and this week we're going to be adding another one, but before we get to that, got some very exciting news, we are ready to announce two of our general managers for the Book the XFL draft. First, captaining the Portland Lumberjacks, uncovering Sports.com's very own Mike Peterson. He may usually be a baseball expert, but on April 25th, he's going to be picking for the Lumberjacks. We've also got our co-GMs for the Orlando Nexus, friends of the show, Preston, Charles, and Parker from the Just a Bit Outside podcast. Are you looking for more substance in sports? Looking for more than just the typical headlines and hot takes? Well, look no further, because Just a Bit Outside is a podcast hosted by three best friends who love to dive deeper into sports topics. Join them and their guests every Friday for new episodes. The podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Make sure to follow them on Twitter and Instagram at showjabo, J-A-B-O, for all the latest Just a Bit Outside news. And hey, while you're on there... Make sure you're following us at Uncovering Sport and Uncovering Sports on Instagram. Preston, Charles, and Parker are going to be drafting for the Orlando Nexus on April 25th. Right here on Uncovering Sports. Now let's get into it. We have six teams. We need two more. And so we sent the bad guy Brendan Coleman on assignment to the chilly north in Montreal. Brendan, can you hear me? Bonjour. Wow, picking up French already. You know what? They have really adopted me as one of their own up here. These people are great. Fitting in well, then. Getting along. That's good to hear. Absolutely. So I hear you've been canvassing on the streets, trying to find out what uh, we should call our Canadian XFL team. That's right. You know what? I think we've come to a a pretty good uh, decision. Can I make a suggestion? You know what? It's not too late. What do you got? Let me put one in. I think they're going to like it. They constantly complain that they don't have them anymore, so let's bring them back. How about the Montreal Expos? Sounds really cool. That sounds really cool. Um, I did suggest that, and it was pretty quickly shot down, actually. I was surprised. Wow. Okay. All right. My bad, then. Yeah. What are we going with? Well, get this. We are going with the Montreal Quebecers. Are you serious? Oh, I'm very serious. They do not joke or appear. That's what they wanted? That's like the Houston Texans. That's a dumb name. Hey, the Houston Texans have been around for 10, 15 years now. It's 15 storied seasons. 
Yeah, what a historic yeah. franchise. I'm sure the Montreal Quebecers will be just as historic. It's a step down, admittedly, from the Montreal Canadiens, but... Uh, sure, but... You know what? They'll take it. Certainly in the same vein. <laughs> yeah. Canadians are known for their creative team names, aren't they? The Canadians, the Canucks. The Maple Leafs. <laughs> they know what they like. <laughs> They're sticking to it. They want everyone to know... Yeah. Who's showing up to the game? Even the Quebecers are going to need uh, players to pick from, so we got to add some more players to our draft. Who we have going into the draft this week? Well, to, to stick with the uh, theme of this week, I wanted to get some some guys who are maybe uh, maybe not the nicest guys, maybe maybe a little misunderstood. Okay, I don't know. Sure, I'll let you be the judge. As always, we'll start with quarterback, the most important position in any football league. How about Michael Vick? I'm surprised he's not in the draft already, and I I will decide whether or not he's a heel, and he is. He served his time, all right? Is he going to... And I, I we could ask this... I'm guessing about everyone that you're about to mention, but is he going to pass a uh, code of conduct test here? Does he have upstanding moral character? <laughs> well... Uh, looking at this list, there's one guy who will certainly pass the test. Uh, we'll get there in a minute. First, okay. uh, a guy who, he's never broken the law or anything. He just gets under your skin. He is uh, someone near and dear to your heart. T.O. Hall of Famer, NFL Hall of Famer now. T.O. What a way to jumpstart any franchise. Yeah, he will go to bat for his quarterback. Any team is going to be happy to have him on their team because they know their quarterback has T.O. I was going to say quarterback knows that guy's got his back, but there's just so many backs in a row back. that I, I kind of got confused. <laughs> <laughs> well, sticking with that and going running back, a guy, a guy who will definitely have a hard time passing the code of conduct, um, but still very much in his prime. Ray Rice. Sort of the, the the black sheep of the NFL. I thought that was Greg Hardy. Uh, they have a lot of them. <laughs> we are moving to the defensive side of the ball, my favorite term in all of sports. Because footballs have sides. <laughs> I guess that's true. Um, we'll go uh, defensive line, Albert Hainsworth. Not unlike Ndamukong Sue has uh, stomped on a few guys in his in his past. Sure, yep. He invented the song. Yeah, I'm pretty I, sure. he, he was the innovator, you know? He was the original. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And he wants some originals in the XFL. Maybe they can get Sue and Hainsworth and somehow get them on the field at the same time. We can finally see who stomps harder. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel bad for the guy getting stomped in that situation. <laughs> All right. All right. Moving on, linebacker. Got a couple more backs here for you. Sure. Uh, one guy who made a lot of headlines during the playoffs, someone you may be familiar with, currently without a team, James Harrison. Talked about James Harrison a lot at the end of the football season, for sure, as he was tied up in a big storyline, and now NFL's not doing anything with him. Yeah, they just dropped him. So, if, I mean, if you're not going to use him in the NFL, you might as well use him in the XFL. That's right. He's definitely the guy who type of guy who wants to keep playing oh for sure and then last on my list uh, a guy with uh, some uh, 
steroids in his past, which, you know what, it's not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things, right? Brian Cushing. Okay, yeah, sure. Speaking of the Houston Texans. Houston Texan? Maybe uh, Montreal Quebecer? You never know. You never know. That, that That's who we've got this week. Definitely open to suggestions. Yeah, if you have any suggestions about who you want to see in the XFL draft, hit us up on Twitter at Uncovering Sport and Facebook at Uncovering Sports, because we're only two weeks away from the XFL draft on April 25th. We're going to have one last team to reveal to make it all eight next week, because now we're at seven with the arrival of the Montreal Quebecers. I can't wait. By the way, uh, I meant to tell you, I finally got in touch with Vince. You did? I did. I, I called him several times. Uh, he didn't answer. I, I went to sleep. Woke up, I had a voicemail from Vince. Okay. Now, it was just the sound of maybe a phone swishing around in a pocket or something. I don't really know. But I my theory is that he called me. He didn't want people to know we were working with him. Sure. Stuck his phone in his pocket. Right. I'm sure he'll get back to me again. Yeah. I mean, this is huge news. He clearly was reaching out. Yeah. So, you know. No other way to take we'll it. We'll try it again next week. Maybe we'll finally get Vince on the line. That would be great. I would love to share some of our ideas with him. And I know he's anxious to hear them. Absolutely. How could he not be? The future of the XFL is at stake. It is. That's huge news. Live from Montreal, that is the bad guy, Brendan Coleman. Deuces. Next week, we'll unveil our final team, and then it's full steam ahead towards the XFL draft on April 25th. And we'll see if we can touch base with Vince McMahon next week. Until then, stay tuned to UncoveringSports.com for news and updates, and we'll see you back here next week. Thank you so much for listening. Separate his head from the body.